You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. We would be honored if you would join us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Damn Dolphins Podcast. The Damn! Oh my god, I cannot wait to see Tua again. Tua's coming back this week, baby! Tua! He he didn't have a career-ending injury like many outsiders who don't believe in the Damn Dolphins Podcast have believed. Uh, And he has it, and he's not quitting. Yeah, he's not quitting, he's not retiring... Didn't I say he was going to come back in, like, I don't know, a week or two? Didn't I say that? Didn't I say that the Dolphins are really reluctant to put him on IR, especially season-ending IR? I said it. I said he'd be back sooner rather than later. Guys, don't pick up on the context clues. Everybody just wants to believe all this crazy media concussion craziness. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. all this media concussion craziness caused us to like be playing musical chairs with our quarterbacks for the last few weeks, and I'm sick of it, man. I need some Tua again in my life, bro. Yeah, I need that Tua juice. Yeah, that sounds gross. Um, this is Madman Mike and Robbie T. Um, yo yo, affiliated with Dolphins Talk on the Damn Dolphins podcast. Um. Yeah, so uh, I we're gonna talk some uh, Vikings football right, and Dolphins football, the Dolphins versus Vikings uh, last Sunday. I know it's kind of late in the week right now, but me and Rob recorded uh, the previous night. Somehow, half of our podcast got cut off, so we're kind of recording the first half of last night's podcast together. Which is mostly, working, which is just, working. which is just mostly just a recap of the Vikings game. Which I didn't really get a chance to see at all because I was in Orlando. I was at the mm-hmm. Food Wine Festival at Epcot. Yeah, it was a recap of the Vi- uh, Dolphins vs. Vikings. Got some Tua news. Got some Mike Daniels talking on uh, some injuries. And uh, some good stuff. Some good stuff. And, uh, and we got fun. Rob's five picks of the week. Another winning record week, by the way. I'm telling you guys, you get to listen about Dolphins. And you get to make money it's true i should be listening to rob i don't know why i don't <laughs> you never li- you never listen to my texting i listen to some of them i listen to some of them uh and the, you, and the ones that i do you- usually uh win me money and the ones that i don't <laughs> kind of screw me but you know I, I i i gotta i gotta bet with you know i i, I have to bet it's got to be on me and then it has to be on me whether i win or lose uh, that's the only way I feel. feel that is true. Uh, you know, like uh, that's up, true. I'm like, well, that's what I wanted. You know, that's true. That's true. Um, but remember, but remember, fans, listen to me. You'll make money. It's true. Okay, so all right, let's just get let's just touch on some of the uh, talking points, the main talking points of the Dolphins versus Vikings right now. Uh, Dolphins fall to the Vikings, twenty-four to sixteen. Um, if I and it didn't look like it. If I if I told Robbie that the Dolphins had twenty three first downs compared to the Dolphins compared to the Vikings eleven, uh, and we had seventy three total plays compared to the Vikings fifty, we had four hundred fifty eight yards compared to the Dolph compared to the Vikings two hundred 
34. If we had uh, dominated the time of possession, uh, 35 minutes and 29 seconds to the Vikings, 24 minutes and 31 seconds, you would say we won, right? But it didn't reflect that. Especially, nope. especially when you consider that uh, some of our players in this game, Teddy Bridgewater went over 300 yards and had two touchdowns. Uh, Raheem Moser, uh, I think, averaged, well, he had like 50 yards, but our receivers went off. Tyreek Hill had 12 receptions for 177 yards. Jalen Waddle had six receptions for 129 yards. Mike Gesicki went off for about 70 yards and two touchdowns. Like, you would think we dominated this game. But somehow, some way, the Dolphins just couldn't punch in, in to score. We were able to go, like, back and forth kind of down the field. The, the the Dolphins' defense made the Vikings go out uh, – made the Vikings go three and out ten different times. It was ridiculous. Kirk Cousins was held to 175 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the two touchdowns there is, like – the main talking point here. Dalvin Cook uh, went 77 yards and a touchdown. That's another one there, too. Uh, but but Justin Jefferson, the league star receiver, he, he went off for 100, 107 yards. Adam Thielen uh, was held at 36 yards and one touchdown. And somehow the Dolphins' defense, outside of them scoring, was able to hold them to 10 three and outs. It, it was. I was really impressed by the defense. I mean, I know the scoreboard's not going to show it, but if you if you hold Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen uh, to to ten three and outs, I mean that's pretty impressive. Especially what the Dolphins' defense was going through, uh, losing Nick Needham, uh, having some injuries in the secondary. Uh, Christian Wilkins had some spectacular plays. Uh, Jalen so Phillips good. had some pressures. Zach Sealer got in for some too. I mean, the Dolphins' defense did, I think, everything they could to give the Dolphins' offense the ball back, and the Dolphins' offense just they just couldn't score. Touchdowns, win football games, not field goals, and missed field goals. Yeah, and Dalvin Cook, uh, they were holding Dalvin Cook. Uh, like they they were holding Dalvin Cook throughout the whole game until I think the I want to say it was the final final Vikings drive or second to final uh, second to last Vikings drive. Um, let me see this. Yeah, it was, it was like the second to last Vi- no uh, third to last Vikings drive. Uh, the Dolphins were going down the field, and I think that was the the time when Jalen Waddle fumbled. It was a seven play, fifty two yard drive by the Dolphins. Uh, Jalen Waddle's on a deep slant, I think it was. Teddy Bridgewater puts the ball in his hands, right in stride, right on the money. Jalen Waddle's trying to get some yak. The ball gets punched out. It's on the floor. Vikings recover, and then two plays later, Dalvin Cook goes on. I think it was like a fifty two yard touchdown run. Uh, but besides that, I mean, if you factor in that he only had 77 yards total and you take away the, the, the 53 yards on that run, I mean, they, they held him to like 20 something yards or less than that. I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. I was never good at math, but 
I mean, that's why were, you're a broad, that's yeah, why he, you're he, a broadcaster journalist. Like, exactly. And a, and a broad, bartender. Well, aspiring. <laughs> I don't get paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so anyway, I mean, they, they were doing their job, uh, but the, the Dolphins, they just couldn't score. Uh, Skylar Thompson started this game. Uh, then he got hurt. He hurt his thumb. Then Teddy Bridgewater had to come in. I mean, you can't make this stuff up with the Dolphins quarterback situation in the last three weeks. There's three quarterbacks on this football team. Whichever one starts, starts. Whichever ones don't, we'll back him up. Period. Cut and dried. I mean, you really can't. Tua gets a concussion. Then Teddy, who did practice uh, throughout the week, has to go in and play the second half of the Bengals game. Uh, Then Teddy starts the whole week. Goes in the Jets game, gets hurt on the first play because of the new concussion rules. Because Tua got concussed, we got to change the whole rules. Uh, so the day before uh, that Saturday, we had to change the rules. Following day, uh, again in the Jets game, Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt on the first play. We got to send in Skylar Thompson. Then we prepare Skylar Thompson to be the starter against the Vikings, and then he gets hurt. And then Teddy Bridgewater has to come in, who was just in. Pro- concussion protocol and he didn't get a lot of practice throughout that week there's three quarterbacks on this football team whichever one starts starts whichever ones don't will back him up period cut and dried uh i can't i uh i really can't harp on teddy too much uh it looked like when he did come in he he was prepared i mean he did go over uh you know three almost 330 yards he did have two touchdowns he only had really one bad pick where patrick peterson kind of cut underneath the receiver to snatch a ball his first interception wasn't his fault. That was Jalen Waddle turning around, catching the ball, uh, ha- having the ball in his hands, running the money, not cleanly, kind of bobbled it, got hit. Vikings, uh, Vikings, the ball gets popped in the air. Vi- a swarm of Vikings like intercept it. Uh, and then also Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson, they were dealing with a bad offensive line. You got Brandon Shell playing left tackle now. Uh, Greg Little was back at uh, no, I, I'm sorry. Greg Little was at left tackle. Brandon Shell was at right tackle. The game prior to that against the Jets, they were switched, so Greg Little was on the right side and Brandon Shell was on the left side. I mean, literally, Brandon Shell was just signed to this team. He was just coming off the practice squad. Greg Little's been here for like two years, but he's never been the answer for anybody. I know he was playing better in a pinch this. Uh, uh, you know, earlier this season when when starting right tackle Austin Jackson went down with an injury. But you know what? He's not a long-term answer. He's never been a long-term answer. That's why he is was traded to this team for, like, I think a six-round pick a year ago. Uh, but, you know, uh, and, and also, you know, Skylar Thompson was sacked once. Teddy Bridgewater was sacked five times. Uh, the pressure was on him. And, you know, when you're not playing with your two starting tackles – it, 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 it's going to get ugly, and you're going to get hurt. I, I've said this the last two years. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how athletic you are. When you don't have protection, quarterbacks are going to get hit, and he's probably going to get hurt. Greg Little is the worst starting tackle in the league. That is correct, Commander. Oh, look at that. Sixth-round pick, and well li- worth it. And Liam Eichenberg has been one of the worst left guards, one of the worst guards in the league. Yes, I haven't really kept up with him, but I've all I've also heard rumblings that he's been very, 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 very poor. Uh, looks like it's just it's just one of those things. It's one of those shortcomings with our GM 
and our scouting staff or whoever's drafting and calling the shots on these hey. offensive linemen. We just haven't hey. been able to put it together. The deflector shield. Hey, I just want to point out, and I've said this, and I will own up to it. I don't necessarily think drafting Liam Eikenberg was a bad thing. He was considered a highly prospected tackle that in the second round. I think it was the right move. He just hasn't worked out. Simple as that. Yes, uh, I do agree okay. with you. I, I do agree with the whole narrative and the sentiment. He never gave up a sack. He's he was known as technically sound, and but for whatever reason, uh, under two different coaching staffs with two different offensive line coaches, uh, I don't know for whatever reason it's not being put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, um, I, I I really don't know what else to say about this game. Uh, it just uh, we're just we're dealing with too many injuries. That's it. Our offensive line's banged up, secondary's banged up. You know, quarter, we're playing, you know, a mixture of our second and third string quarterback, and which is which right now. I don't even know because we've been switching them around so much the last three weeks. There's three quarterbacks on this football team. Whichever one starts, starts. Whichever ones don't, we'll back him up. Period. Cut and dried. Um, but two is coming back. He's feeling good. And and Jalen Waddle, uncharacteristically, uh, his his actions or his his play led to two turnovers, and uh, you, you can't do that especially against the talented Vikings team. Not that I really think they're they're a stud team right now, but right now they're 5 and 1. You like that? You like that? So they know how to get by, they know how to win games. Uh You are I, what your, you are what your record is. Yep, you are what your record is and 0 and 3 without Tua. 3 and 0 with Tua. I I mean, he's a winner. No matter what his athletic shortcomings are, he is a winner. And he covers up so many holes. I think he really does. And I, I completely agree with you. I do feel like when Tua plays the game, the offense does run a lot smoother. Yes, he also was playing when the team was a lot more healthier. But he has way better hot pocket awareness than any of these other guys. He's way more experienced. He's a way better passer. The force is with him. I'm... I'm and I'm just so I'm so sick of Teddy Bridgewater. Nothing against Teddy Bridgewater. I like Teddy Bridgewater. He's from he's a Miami kid. He's from here. He went to Northwestern, I believe. He was doing some coaching for the high school not that long ago. He's got a lot of likable. He's a super likable dude. But I've seen the Teddy Bridgewater story a billion times already. I know he led the Vikings to a playoff win one year. Good for him. But man. He is who he is. He is just a below-average backup quarterback, and there's a reason why he's a backup and no longer a starting quarterback. He was given opportunities in Minnesota, New Orleans, Carolina, Denver. All those teams eventually got rid of got rid of him, got rid of them, uh, got rid of him. Sorry, because he is. A super limited guy. He's he doesn't, he's not very athletic. He doesn't have that awareness. Never been a strong arm guy to begin with. He's just he's just a guy. That's okay. You know, all all 
y'all you all need a guy as your backup but there's a reason why he's a backup and i'm sick of it i'm sick of these backup guys again no matter what people say about tua and i'm going to repeat this over and over tua was the best the best player in hawaii he was a four-star recruit by alabama by nick saban and he he won a national championship taking over Jalen Hurts. And he was a Heisman candidate. He's the he's the most efficient quarterback in, in NCAA history. And he was projected to be the top overall pick until Joe Burrow had the year he had. This guy is good. This guy is better than Teddy Bridgewater. He's better than Jacoby Brissett. I remember last year people were right here. Jacoby Brissett was better. I'm just like, no, stop already. Those are terrible narratives. But yes, it's it's. I'm glad he's healthy. If he's healthy, if he's no longer in the protocol, and he's good to go, you better put Tua in there, bro, because this team is too good to just kick the year you know i heard the rumors about mike gusecki's in the trade block man this team i see this team these first three weeks this team can go far bro this team can go far man when healthy this is a i'm not gonna say they're a super bowl roster or super bowl caliber but man they can make a lot of noise in the playoffs man yeah they just gotta they just gotta get healthy they just gotta get right um, let me see right now. I just want to know where our offensive line is right now. I know Armstead's I, Armstead's day to day because of the toe injury, and I want to I want to see if I could get an update on Austin Jackson. Um, I don't know. Uh, McDaniel said it would be tricky to it was going to be tricky to see uh, exactly what Austin Jackson can do. Uh, practice report. I don't see Austin Jackson's name on here for the practice report, but let me see. Teron Armstead. Nope, he wasn't on here either. Oh wait, no, he is. Uh, toe. He was limited on Thursday, which is today. Um. Again, our the the second half of our podcast was recorded on Wednesday. Um. Cater Kohu, he also has been banged up with an oblique injury that he suffered, I think, in the Jets game. He's been limited Wednesday. He's been limited Thursday. Hate uh, the Jets. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Any any other notable ones? Uh, Jerome Baker, his hip, limited, limited. Uh, Zach Sealer, hand, limited, limited. Uh, Skylar Thompson still can't grip um, with his thumb injury. Uh, Jalen Waddle has a shoulder injury. He's been limited, limited, but the Dolphins expect him to be back. Christian Wilkins' hand did not participate. Then he was limited. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're banged up, man. We're, we're banged up, uh, but hopefully uh, Tua can get uh, his two starting tackles uh, back soon. Uh, we are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, they're not a great team. But they are. I think they are a well-coached team, and I think anything could happen. I mean, they just didn't they didn't they just beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or am I, that? Yep, they did. Yeah, they just beat it's, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after everyone was everybody was really down on them. And we'll see if uh, either Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky is going to play. 
So, uh, from what I'm hearing, uh, Trubisky is going to be the starter in that game. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I guess that kind of bodes well for us. Uh, but then again, we, we just got to get healthy. That's our, that's our, I think, uh, outside of Tua coming back, I think that's another main issue for us. Yep. Yep. Once we get rid of the, once we get out of the injury bug situation, we should be fine. The scheduling does get a lot easier, so I'm not really that worried. But if Tua continues to miss games, then that's when I'm going to be worried. I'm not really worried about all these other teams that we're playing against. It's still, there's a lot of Cleveland's without Deshaun Watson, Houston, Chicago. You know, the Lions, it's, it's, you know, you'll we'll eventually play New England and the Jets again. They're still more beatable, even though we lost to the Jets not long ago. Um, the scheduling is getting lighter for us. We definitely went through our gauntlet era. And for a gauntlet era, we went 3-3. Three and three, And the three wins are the teams we at least expect to beat funny enough yeah i know that that's the frustrating part because you wanted to get through the tougher first quarter of the schedule and then start beating up on the teams that we should win against and unfortunately uh without without tua and getting some injuries uh we we've we've been getting we've been owing three against the the jets and against the vikings team that we yeah hey man like if if Tua's in there and we're and we're limiting the the vikings uh to 10 points in the first half and we're and we're getting him to go three and out 10 times i mean don't you think we could put more points on the scoreboard if two was in there i mean credit to bridgewater credit to thompson they got the ball they were moving they were moving the ball but we just couldn't punch it in there pretty uh, much and uh i i, I do want to rant about something that's unrelated to this game mike why are you in such a bad mood what do you care um, the people that are on Twitter, the, the, the Twitter doctors, the ones who sit on the couch and just watch the game and just claim, Oh, we got eyes. You can't hide that Tua got a concussion. Cause we got eyes. Uh, well, your eyes are wrong sometimes because you're not at the game. You're not even involved with the team. You're not interacting with the player. You're not really a doctor, even though I know some medical guys out there were on Twitter commenting their own thing. But you're you're not you're not in there. You're not in the inner circle that's actually like the one on the field interacting with the player and questioning the player. I mean, like li- listen, your eyes are wrong because when Tua had that concussion uh, or the alleged concussion and the stumble in that week three. A game against the Bills, and he stumbled. He said in the press camp conference that it was his back and his ankle bothering him. The NFL had an investigation. It was concluded that his back and his ankle was bothering him, and that comes from uh, a consensus of uh, Tua, Mike McDaniel, and the other three doctors that were involved in that evaluation. And then we saw, I think it was. Last was it last Thursday? The Bears in the um, oh, who were they playing? It was the Bears and uh, just by uh, the the Commanders, the, the Bears and the Commanders game. And Justin Fields had uh, took a took a shot, fell to the ground, and then he was kind of like on one knee trying to gather himself for like a very very long time. I think it was like two. I think it was like bottom of the third quarter. 
and and everybody's like, oh, look, look, Tua had a concussion, and 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 Teddy Bridgewater uh, was ruled to have a concussion too in that Jets game, and he didn't stumble. And look at Justin Fields; he's on the ground, he's on one knee, uh, he's stumbling. That that's got to be a concussion. He just got hit and thrown to the ground by by a Commanders defender. Oh, we we know we get, we got eyes. Our eyes don't lie. Uh, well, your eyes do lie because again, you're not involved. You're really not involved because after the when the game was concluded, it was confirmed that Justin Fields had a dislocated shoulder or some sort of shoulder injury, and that's why he was on one knee. It had nothing to do with the concussion. So that that's what I'm saying. Like uh, some a lot of this false information because of Twitter can someone who's popular just sends out a likable tweet can just be retweeted all over the place with false information and a false take. And just taken like way out of context because you're just much. not there. So anyway, I just I just hope pe- that's a learning lesson for people uh, who just think that just because they have eyes and they see something, it doesn't really mean it is what it is. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? <sighs> uh, pretty much agreed. Uh, Miami did absolutely everything right. The media completely overblew this, and they overblew this for a player who, who, like I said in previous episodes, and again, this is not a shot at Tua. Again, I like him. I support him. I'm going to root for him. I want him to succeed. I want him to be our top guy. But he is also a super injury-prone player, and now we're dealing with a post-Tua era concussion era. It's post-Tua concussion era where we're getting ridiculously terrible pass interference. Um, I'm sorry, I was the uh, roughing the passer penalties and ridiculous uh, concussion protocols where guys who are clearly either do not have symptoms or not have a concussion at all are, are forced not to even play because a spotter saw, saw something that didn't look right, which did not make any sense because when Teddy Bridgewater went out, he looked, I don't see anything that looked like he had a concussion. And when, but yeah, when Justin Fields gets knocked down twice, and it looks like he's in unbearable pain. I don't see them taking him to the medical tent or checking they didn't even, on him. They didn't even, I mean, from what I saw, I don't even think they took him to the sideline at all. It was bad, dude. It's I know bad. it was bad. It was bad. I know it was a dislocated shoulder, but even the, even the whole process and the whole awareness to the whole new rule, uh, it was wrong that they didn't even call him to the side to check him out at all. Because, yes, to the eyes, it does seem like a concussion, so you should at least call him to the sideline and check it out. That's all I'm going to say. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Anything else we need uh, to add to this? What else can I say? Um, Man, I had something something to say. Uh, Trying to figure it out. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was going to mention uh, our good friend at ESPN, but I couldn't – I can't remember exactly why I wanted to mention him. <laughs> I am totally blanking, man. I, I was going to bring <laughs> him up, and I, I can't remember what it was. Um, it happens. Yeah. Um. Oh, I do have a theory Uh. that – okay, okay, so – Okay. No. Okay. I think I, I think I re- realized why. Okay. So the Saturday before the Jets game, 
uh, me and a certain someone or a little ESPN source who I don't know if I should mention his name or not. Uh, <coughs> Jeff Darlington, uh, me and him, the Saturday before the Jets game, uh, we both got an email of the NFL communication from the NFL communications department, uh, you know, talking about the investigation, the conclusion of the investigation, and also the new rule that, you know, they adjusted. And, and we both think that it, they weren't going after the Dolphins on purpose when Teddy Bridgewater got hit. It was just like they saw a quarterback get hit the first, on the first play of a 1 o'clock game. Well, I mean, on, on the Dolphins' first play of a, of a 1 o'clock game. I think that might have been – it is possible that it could have been the first uh, quarterback hit of the game where they just wanted to make a statement and enforce that new uh, concussion rule and the new concussion protocol. And it just happened to be the Dolphins, and they're just like, look, we just changed the rule, and we're going to show that it's into effect, and we're going to show that we're going to keep the players safe. So Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. He got hit. He got thrown to the ground. Uh, Okay, let's just say that he stumbled, and and we're just going to check it out. And then it's going to show the rest of the league that we care about our quarterbacks. That is the stupidest. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard in my freaking life. That makes no sense. All these quarterbacks are going to get touched at some point during the game. I know. I just think that because it was that week on the following day that they just – it just happened to, unfortunately, be Teddy Bridgewater in order for them to make a statement. Because they, they literally pounced on it. He didn't stumble or anything. He got hit. He went to the ground. He got back up. Yeah, but let me ask you this, Mike. Hmm. Yep, it happened to be Teddy Bridgewater on the 1 o'clock noon, the one o'clock game. So you mean to tell me if Tom Brady was the first one to get sacked and he fell down to the floor, would they freaking kicked him out of the game? Would have they done that to Aaron Rodgers, to Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, who regularly gets sacked all the time, or even, or even like a Kyler Murray or a Derek Carr? I retract my statement. <laughs> it is because they're coming after the Dolphins. <laughs> Definitely. Now, no, there's there's definitely. no way that they're going to pull any of those quarterbacks. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It's easy to get rid of a Teddy Bridgewater or a Skylar Thompson. Mm-hmm. You ain't pulling Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers out of that game. Mm-hmm. Or at least you're going to let them back in or whatever. I don't know. But, um, okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, Mike McDaniel down 14. Uh by, uh, the Dolphins finally punch one in uh, in the fourth quarter. I think they had two. Yeah, they had two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So uh, our last touchdown in the fourth quarter, uh, we were down by fourteen. We score the touchdown, and then Mike McDaniel's for some reason wants to go for two. And uh, yeah, I didn't understand that because um, you need the fourteen points to tie the game, and. Like why why go why and then people want to bring up the analytics thing and the analytics uh hasn't really helped I I can't think of any sort of uh football game this year where people the people where the coaches go because of the anal go for it because the anal analytics and then 
actually are rewarded. But here's the problem. Like, we're, Even we're, but what the what, where's the links in the concept of you're down by 14 with like less than three minutes. Where is the analytics saying I have to go for it on that first touchdown for a two-point conversion? When I could just get the get the extra point, be down by seven. Now let's say in a miracle I get we get the um, the offside on the onside kick. I'm sorry, the onside kick and move it for a touchdown. From there, I can decide whether okay, let's tie it and play for the overtime. We're at home, or play for the win and go for the two point conversion. Why do the two point conversion there? Like, where is the benefit? I, I don't know. It did, it didn't make any. It doesn't any really make any sense. I just just take the extra point. And figure out because yeah. no matter what, handle, no matter what, yeah. you need to get the ball back. That, that's the thing. That's what is what I'm saying. You still need to convert the onside kick to get the ball back to get a chance at another touchdown drive. Why risk yeah, that? You're right. Because now, because we uh, missed that two point conversion, we have no choice but to get the two point conversion just to tie the game. Yeah, due to analytics, but the analytics failed you the first time. Now you're gonna do it again. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. Just handle your business. Handle what you have to handle right in the moment on the first one. Just get, get the seven points. Get the extra point. And then if if you have time to come around the next time, then you could debate whether you want to go for one extra point or two for the win. Thank you. Like Just, Thank just you. Handle, handle, handle what you need to Wait, handle in that moment. Like I, I really want to know, where are these analytic nerds telling us, telling me that in that scenario – Remember, it's not just Atlantics. It's what's the scenario? Who are your players, too? You know, that's the thing. People- there's just been there's been so much common sense that's been been ignored this year, uh, the, this football season because of analytics. Like we saw some in the Ravens games. We saw some. I think uh, I, I want to say the was it the Giants game? There was one. Any game uh, with the, the Chargers, Denver Broncos game by the Denver Bron- uh, the I think it was the Week One Seahawks Broncos game. Any game, there was any, stuff on both sides. Any game by the Chargers because Brandon Staley is an is a freaking obsession with analytic go for it situation. That's your IQ, buddy. Zero. Yeah, and uh, but I mean I still don't understand Mike McDaniel's thinking process there, but I did see moments throughout the that game on Sunday where. It just looked like McDaniels was just getting frustrated with the offense, and he was just trying to. I, th- I think his frustration got the best of him and caused him to go a little bit aggressive. You know where, you know when like you're like having a rough time in Madden, and then you just start deciding to just chuck the ball downfield because you just you don't want to go through the methodical, uh, uh, hard way doing it. Uh, that was kind of like Mike McDaniels because Mike, Mike McDaniel. Uh, an early part of the game, he did go for it on fourth down when the Dolphins were like kind of like on their own, like 30 or 35 yard line. So, uh, but the defense was playing well. So, I mean, maybe he can make that argument. But I mean, like you turn over the ball there, the Vikings already started in like field goal territory pretty much. But uh, you can just tell he was just getting frustrated with the injuries, with the quarterback situation, not moving, not moving the ball, not scoring points. Uh, it, it was a it was a very frustrating game. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. That, that's all I could say, man. It's it it, it sucks. We're we're zero three at, at, without Tua. Uh, the standings. I think we're th- third in the AFC. 
East. If I look at the standings correctly. The Jets are four and two. That's making me sick. Yeah. Jets are second. I think the Patriots are fourth. So it's the Bills leading the way at five and one. The Jets are four and two. The Dolphins are third at three and three because they beat the Patriots and the Patriots are three and three at the bottom. Uh, on the, the the problem here is that the Bills are on a third a three game winning streak. The Jets are on a three game winning streak, and the Patriots are on a, are on a two game winning streak. While we're on a three game losing streak. If you fail, fail forward. And yet we st- and uh, yet but- and yet we still have probably the two best wins over the Bills and the Ravens. Uh, yes, that's true. Um, let's see here. Uh, we got good news this week. Our fearless leader is coming back. Thank God. We had fun to go this direction. Our fearless leader, the one who sets the tone for the entire organization, baby. Thank He's coming God. back. That's all I got to yeah. say. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, these people on Twitter can say all you want about Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater, you know, and trust me, I was kind of on that t- Skylar Thompson Kool-Aid for like an hour. But then I kind of remember this guy was a seventh round draft pick, bro. <laughs> that, let's, let's, let's cut this out already, man. And we all know what Teddy Bridgewater is. We've seen that guy play for years. He is who he is. Tua is the, be- Tua is the best quarterback out of the three. Tua has been great when he was healthy and upright. Who was undefeated so far when he play when he plays the whole game? Like I don't want to hear this idea that we can win with Teddy or Skyler. No, we cannot. Who is better than those guys? Especially now with their injuries piling up, you got to put your best players out there and hope for the best. And he's coming back, and thank God because I'm so sick of this mediocrity at quarterback, man. Cannot you cannot be mediocre in quarterback when you got Josh Allen bus sawing everybody and your division your other division rivals can get any of their stuff together. You know. I do think the Jets and the and the Patriots are still phonies. I don't think they've beaten anybody. As of as it stands, us and the Bills are the only two teams that have actually had legitimate wins against legitimate teams so far. So I do think everything will correct itself over the course of the season. But the only way we're going to continue our course is, of course, if this guy is, you know, healthy and upright. And it starts with, at least it starts with Pittsburgh, you know, a team that has basically no offensive identity at this point and no TJ Watt to wreck us apart. It's also a Sunday night football game. It's the revenge, the big revenge game, Tua versus Brian Flores. We meet again at last. And of course, uh, the celebration of the 50 years of the undefeated team of the of the undefeated uh, 72 Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, apparently, we're going to be wearing retro outfits too, which I'm always happy about because yeah, yeah. I love the retro outfits. You know, we should have. I do, I do like the retro outfits a lot. I actually got a. Well, my my Tua my Tua Tongue of a Loa jersey is actually a retro uh, 
So that's pretty cool. I mean, it's got more ruggedness. You know, the, I'm, I'm just gonna straight out say it. These should not be retro. These should be our outfits. I am so sick of seeing that modern logo. I'm so sick of seeing that color scheme. I I I, I hate this logo. I do. I really do. When I got a when I got a dolphin sticker decal for my car, I made sure specifically to find the original logo. I hate this modern logo. I think this modern logo is so pointless. This team never needed a a, a cosmetic rebranding ever. What this team needed was to find a successor to Dan Marino. Okay. You're not going to find a successor to Don Shula because there's no such thing as a successor to Don Shula. Don Shula, Don Shula. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Um, but I'm so, 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 so sick of this modern design. I hate looking at that logo and not seeing the helmet on the dolphin. It looks dumb. It's just, it just makes me sick, dude. I, I'm sorry. I have to, I have to complain about that. And every time, I don't, and every time, and every time we do retro outfits, everybody goes crazy for it. Everybody loves it. Everybody misses it. Doesn't that tell you that maybe the fans never wanted to get rid of the the original designs and color schemes? Doesn't that tell you that, Stephen Ross? Oh, by the way, is also coming back. By the way, too. I know that's uh, that's actually who I was hinting at. <laughs> <laughs> he he leads the entire organization, baby. Hey, he got one thing right though. He hired Mike McDaniel, bro, and and you know so far things were going good, and uh, until all these injuries started happening. Um, also, like I've I've also heard like Chris Greer's been under attack. the the th- The funny thing is, is that the problem is everything with when when Tua's in there. Everything is about Tua. Like every everything. Everything about on the football field nationally is about Tua all the time. Is Tua good? Is Tua bad? But the problem is once Tua goes down, all the other all the other glaring holes like start to show its face. And that's why I don't think people have been appreciating Tua enough. I'm like, look, when he hides a lot of things. You might not know it, but the moment he moment he's out of there. You're gonna see all these ugly things start surfacing. I agree. You'll be like, "Oh, the tackles are bad. The guard is bad. The secondary is injured. You know, like everything. Like Tua masks it all because Tua is a Tua is a great quarterback, and great quarterbacks mask team deficiencies. This is true. Mm -hmm. Um, The Bills can't run the ball. Josh Allen masks that because he's basically the running back. You know. I I completely yeah. agree. You're absolutely right. Um, yep. We saw Joe Burrow literally took the worst offensive line ever to the Super Bowl because great quarterbacks can can overcome a lot of team deficiencies, which you're always going to have because there's no such thing as a perfect team or a perfect roster because of salary caps and injuries. Yep. Uh, let's see. Okay. So, okay. I want to, I, I know we're kind of bouncing around right now, but you did, you did mention the, uh, the 50th dolphin anniversary 
they're going to be doing something with that uh, this um, this weekend. Yes, it is. Get pull it up. Um, uh, you you know how I feel about this, Robbie. We talked about it right before the show. Um, Dolphins are going to be celebrating their fiftieth anniversary of the nineteen seventy two perfect season. Uh, it's all very nice and good. They've had interviews with uh, uh, guard Larry Little. Uh, fullback Larry Zonka, QB Bob Greasy, wide receiver Paul Warfield, all great guys, all meaningful faces for the franchise. But I'm so I, – I'm, I'm, I'm sick of these things. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? Like 10 years ago, I was sick of it, seeing him walk on the field for the, for the 40th or whatever it was. I, I, I'm so sick of it. I'm sorry. I love I love the 72 team. I love the 73 team. I love the years of Dan Marino. But you know what? Every time I see this team and, and every year we got to celebrate in some sort of way or they got to get acknowledged or whatever, I love those guys. But I'm so sick of the fact that we're just celebrating the same thing over and over and over. This franchise literally lives off of it. Because it's all we've done. Because it's the only thing we can brag about, bro. It's the only thing we can brag about. Exactly. Think, think about. I'm. I. I. I'm. No. No. I'm not. No, I'm not done. I'm not no. Done. No. No. Let me, I just. I, I, I just like, want to. I just want to bring up. I just want to. No. Keep ranting. I want you to rant. But I just want to point out. All right. This is how much that we have absolutely really nothing to brag about other than that. Remember, we had Dan Reno for over 15 years, and all we got out of it really was just that one Super Bowl run. Yeah. Where yeah, he broke all those records, but then we got our ass kicked by the 49ers. And that's yeah. it. And then our defense fell apart. He never had a defense for the rest of his career, pretty much, until Zach Thomas and Zalen, uh, Zach Taylor. I mean, uh, Jason Zach Taylor. Thomas, Jason Taylor, Sam Madison, and Patrick Sertain started getting drafted. But the the thing is, is that like I, I like I'm I'm tired of it. I want I want new faces. I want new success. I want new guys to be honored. I want this t- I want this organization to start winning. I want winners. I want people that want to win. We haven't been winning for so long, and half half of the reason the last twenty years of that is because we didn't try to find a a, a quarterback after Dan Marino. Yep, and we had all these band aid guys that were over the hill. Yep, and that's been and uh, and we didn't even try, we didn't drive we didn't drive the quarterback in the first round for like twelve years until Ryan Tannehill came along. That's when you know there's something like, wrong with that organization where they weren't even trying to get a top prospect quarterback, dude. It was a lot of, it was, it was your Dante Culpeppers, your Trent Greens, your Chad Penningtons, a bunch of Bangay guys that were never going to be long-term answers. Yes, and I know, and we're going to bring up the Drew Brees, and Drew Brees, I know people always bring that up. And I will admit, I think out of every mistake we did, passing up on Drew Brees is something that I think probably haunts us a lot more to this day, honestly. In my in yeah. my opinion, and so, and so every and, time I see, and even then, every, look every. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna finish up real quick. Every time I see that number fifty, or you know the the whatever anniversary it is as the years go by, because that number keeps growing, growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Now it's up to fifty. Okay. Which just I I just look at it as we haven't done anything for fifty for fifty years. Ten years ago it was forty years. We haven't done anything for forty years. I'm like, okay. Now it's fifty. Haven't done a single thing in the last ten years. 
or or 50 as a whole. And that's the only way I look at it. Because I'm sick of it. I'm sick of losing. I want to be relevant. We, we, we're we starting to be relevant. We're actually starting to get into the national conversation of things when Tua was in yep. there. Then he got had to get hurt. And, of course, there has to be a, some sort of scandal involved with that because we're the Dolphins. <laughs> so it, it can't just be uh, an injury. No, there's got to be a scandal behind it. It's, all, it's always something. It's always the Dolphins with a scandal, man. You would think it'd be like – you would think it'd be like the Raiders or like the Lions or something. It's the Dolphins of all teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but because we're falling, we fell into that. We fell into that little hole. It, and thank God, it, Stephen Ross is coming back uh, to steer the ship right. It, I, I, I really can't. Uh, it, it, you, you know what? You know what? Two is coming back, and and I'm sure Stephen Ross being back is going to affect it in some sort of negative form, too. Mike. It's just gonna. It's just gonna negate him coming. Think back. about this for a second. We went completely down. This is why. This is why quarterbacks is literally the most important thing in in all professional sports. In all professional sports, one guy leaves, and the whole organization is a complete dumpster fire for for twenty years. Think about this for a second. Like. Like Peyton Manning yeah. getting injured on the Colts. Yeah, dude. People will people could say everything about Don Shula. Don Shula. Look, this is this is the sad truth, and people need to hear this again because I know a lot of people love to play in the nostalgia goggles and the hindsight and the whole Shula curse. Blah 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 blah. Fans and media want a Shula God because they did felt that Shula passed his. You know, what? What's the term I'm looking for? Past his prime? Not past his prime. Over the hill? No, 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 not even that. Not even that. It's just ran its course. That's ran its course. Ran its course. There we go. That's a better word. That's the term I'm looking for. Don Shula did ran his course in Miami. Clearly, they needed a new vision. But at least we still had Dan Marino under center, and that's all you really need. As long as you got the guy under center, your organization will be fine. New England was... Or relevant, at least. Or relevant, yes. New England was literally nothing ever. No one... When did New Eng- When did the New England Patriots was a high market organization ever in existence before, before like, 2000? Never. The years, look, we were in the same division as New England. Do we ever talk about the great New England-Miami rivalries? No. It was always the Jets and the Bills. And really, the Bills is because, one, we always whooped O.J. Simpson's ass back in the 70s and 60s. And two, the Jim Kelly-Dan Marino era, where those were dueling quarterbacks in the same division. You know, that... And look how look how irrelevant Buffalo became when Jim Kelly retired. And now they find Josh Allen, and now they look like the Super Bowl favorite. They look like the runaway Super Bowl favorite. Is that part of it because of Sean McDermott? And that's not a shot at Sean McDermott. I like him. I think he's a great coach. But the quarterback is such. Is changes your organization overnight, man. 
and we've seen that with a lot of guys coming out and everything and you see the effect of having a franchise guy does in miami well by the way once upon a time you had one franchise game and bob greasy and then you had another one with dan reno and they never tried again it was just like you said a bunch of band-aid guys just a bunch of guys Look, I don't, I don't even know if Tua even is that guy, but man, this year it does feel different, man. When he plays, he was up there. He, when he, he when was, he, he, when was he like plays, a top three quarterback. Yeah, when he plays, he's one of the top guys. And when he's not playing, if it's fucking Bridgewater or my apologies, Mike, uh, if it's Bridgewater or some of these other fools, it's nothing, man. That's all you needed. That's all Miami ever had to do was solve that. That's all you had to do. Mm-hmm. That's all any of these teams have to do. We literally just saw Buffalo pull that off. Buffalo. And the Jets are still trying to solve that issue. To this day, they never solved that issue since since um Joe Namath. Namath? Yeah, since mm-hmm. Namath, yeah. Ever since once Namath left, man, what what has the Jets been? Nothing. Just a just, bunch of Ken, nothing. just a bunch of Ken O'Briens and Mark Sanchez and Vinny Testaverde, Vinny Testaverde and Joe Flacco's and Nah, Joe Flacco's a well, <laughs> Joe Flacco's a Baltimore guy. I I, I still I still got respect. Yeah, for Joe. Joe Joe Flacco's a Baltimore guy, bro. He ain't no he's no yeah. Jets guy. I don't I don't. Yeah. Joe Flacco will always be remembered as a Raven. And look at that, another. Dude, that well, I won't say he changed the world for the Ravens. That the Ravens did live off of their defense, but you know, Joe Flacco was a competent starting quarterback that won them a lot of games, and his playoff success is actually quite amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, quarter have a quarterback. Steelers, Steelers went Terry Bradshaw, and then they were like, I'm not gonna say irrelevant, but. They didn't win anything until they got Ben Roethlisberger and everything changed around when you got Ben Roethlisberger. Just, just get the quarterback. And Miami found their quarterback, and we're winning with this guy, and we're playing against Pittsburgh, and we're going to beat Pittsburgh, and Tua's going to get his revenge on Brian Flores because Tua hates Brian Flores. Brian Flores hates Tua. Brian Flores hates the Dolphins because we fired him, but we're going to get the last laugh because we got the better offensive-minded coach. Because we're better, because we're the Dolphins, and nah, the Pittsburgh kind of sucks right now. I feel like uh, I think more most of the hostility is coming from Flores. I feel like Flores is just like a very bad, ill-tempered guy, and like I think we're trying to move on. And like Tua didn't have any nasty things to say about Flores when he was like interviewed today, or on Wednesday, I should say. Uh, but um, let me read you uh, some of these uh, some of these Tua quotes and what Mike McDaniel had to say. Um, uh, you know how we've you know how uh, a couple episodes ago, Robbie, we were talking about how Tua needs to get rid of the ball and know his limits and and live to you know fight another down or throw another down. You know, just throw the ball away if the play's not there and take care of your body. So Tua and McDaniel actually talked about this. Uh, I guess ever since he got hurt and uh, McDaniel has had talks with two in regards to being more careful with his body and conceding plays and mentioned that great QBs, uh, some of the great QBs long-term play has to do with 
concession, as Mike McDaniel called it, uh, which is also known as throw away the ball and don't try to extend plays and live for the next down. Um, Tua uh, uh, kind of touched on this uh, today, or Wednesday, I should say. I've always been a person to try to make something happen. Like, that's always been my mindset, if you will. Throwing the ball away hasn't been something that I've done in the past really well because I'm trying to make plays. So just learning from that, if it's not there, it's okay to throw it away. It's the longevity of me just being able to be the quarterback for this team and not try to make something out of nothing. Plays will come to us, and that's kind of our mantra for it. And that's kind of what our, our mantra for our offense is. So that was Tua's words on it, which is good. And hopefully he'll start playing that way because I think we all want to see him on the field as much as possible at this point. And, uh, and it's right. And, and me and Robert, Wright, We've, we've talked about this every time he tries to extend a play. Uh, it doesn't really go well because he doesn't really have the legs or the escapability. And he's, he's mainly a pocket passer. I mean, I, I, I like the effort. I want him to try to make something happen when it's there, but like, Throughout the game, not so much. Uh, when it's towards the end of the game and it's crunch time and time's running out, I won't mind as much uh, him trying to uh, extend the play and making something happen. Because <coughs> oh, uh, that's that's kind of what you need there. I mean, it's do or die. You got you got to do something. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind that, and I'm glad they talked about it because it's been on a, a lot of people's minds uh, ever since he got hurt. Any comments on that, Robbie? No, just let's just hope he stays healthy the rest of the year and moving forward. I really want this to work. I'm still, I'm still a little scared about his injury issues, but, but man, bro, I'm, I'm just ready to see him back. Honestly, I'm just, I'm honestly excited. I want to see good quarterback play. I'm tired of these, these low scoring, not converting touchdowns i'm sick of it i just want to see this guy win already man i'm ready i'm ready for this moment bro okay mike mcdaniel is ready too here's another quote he's a captain he's a captain for a reason and as i've told you guys from the onset i think he's a very very good player at that position so very good players they definitely give people a boost not because of what other people aren't, but more of just because of who he, uh, of, yeah, I'm butchering it already. <laughs> I told you I'm not good at reading it out loud. So um, he's definitely a type of player to give people a boost, not because of what other people aren't, but more just because he is who he is. So he's a strong fabric of this team, and that's exciting when you get to go play with one of your brothers, which is why the team will be excited, and it will be exciting. Um. Tua commented on his concussion and his injury. Uh, He said, I wouldn't say it was scary for me at the time because there was a point where I was unconscious. So I couldn't really tell what was going on when I did come to realize and kind of realize what was going on and what was happening. I didn't think of anything long-term or short-term. I was just wondering what happened. Uh, Another quote is, I remember the entire night up to the point where I got tackled. After I got tackled, I don't remember much uh, from there getting carted off. I don't remember that, but I do remember things that were going on when I was in the ambulance. And then when I arrived at the hospital, um, and then the negative side of watching his team from the sidelines, he said, watching my team go out to battle and I can't do anything to help them on the field. There's things 
you can do in the locker room to keep guys encouraged and to keep guys going and motivated, but it sucks. As a competitor, I want to be out there with the guys. I want to be able to go out there and help our guys win games. That's a terrible feeling that I could always watch from the sidelines. Um, also coming back, he said, uh, it's been a process, that's for sure. Having to deal with the interviews with the NFL and the NFLPA and then having to go out and see the doctors outside with second opinions. So a lot of it has been, I would say, pretty stressful, but all of it is done for player safety. I'm glad that I got to go out through these things to kind of understand more of the deals of concussions and the effects long-term, short-term, and things like that. So I thought it was great that I was able to go through those and go through that process and get cleared. Uh, I would say it's pretty cool uh, as far as the support that has been shown since I've been away. A lot of love and support. I would I would like to say a shout out to my neighbors that live in the community that I live in. They were very very respectful, respectful, very kind to be to have made some things. They brought over some notes from their kids. Their kids could bring over candies, things that they would bake, things that they would color. So I thought that was super cool. I feel the support, and my family could feel that. And then just guys from across the league reaching out too. So good to have the guy back. Talks like a leader, holds himself accountable, uh, self-assessing, self-aware. And he's uh, collaborative with his head coach, which is what you want. Something that uh, he didn't have with his last coach. Yep, it's good to have him back. I'm excited, and I really hope uh, he could have some decent tackle play and offensive line play when he is sitting back there. Uh, It looks like. Hill and Waddle are should be available for this game coming up. I know Waddle got banged up at the end of the Vikings game, but I think he's good. Um, uh, let's see here. Some other injuries, like I said before, Nick Needham is on IR with a torn Achilles. Uh, CB, Keon Crossan, uh, who has a knee injury, is has is hard to set a tam- timetable for him because McDaniel says that Crossan is a quick healer, but uh, – no definite answer on him yet. Uh, Byron Jones uh, still not available yet. McDaniel says he's a cornerback that's trying to perform at a high level with a lower body extremity injury. So we've been judicious with it. I don't think we're going to see him practice this week, but we're really just trying to do it the right way. It's hard to fully know when that's going to happen because I, if I gave a timeline, basically saying, he would be wrong if he did give a timeline. So no timeline on Byron Jones. Uh, right tackle Austin Jackson, who has a ankle sprain. Dolphins are being cautious. They don't want him to have a setback or put him in, in a vulnerable spot. Um, and Mike McDaniels commented, uh, high ankle, a high ankle sprain or a low ankle sprain or really anything with the ankle that for an offensive lineman is a tough injury. You can feel better, but then now you have to go lean on a 300-pound individual and try to displace him, and that force from the ground up is challenging. He didn't have any setbacks, so I feel good about that. It's more about being judicious with that process so we don't put himself in a position where he has any setbacks moving forward or he doesn't, or he doesn't all of a sudden. We put him in a position where he's super vulnerable in a game and isn't able to complete it, which is tough with the active roster selection. So we will be monitoring that. Uh, Teron Armstead, the left tackle is day to day with the toe. Uh, McDaniel says 
not playing in week six last week uh, did a great deal to help him. So we'll see his day-to-day. Um, Skyler Thompson couldn't grip the ball. And uh, I think that's it for at least notable injuries that I can think of. So, yeah. Anything else, Mike? Nope. I think it's time for your five picks of the week. Uh, uh, yes, my favorite thing about this show, probably everybody's favorite thing about this show, is cue the, mu- cue the music, Mike. I ain't cueing it. I know. I'm I know. You're... It, I'm going to step off first. Though, I know. So don't ask me any questions. All right. I won't. I don't need to ask you anything. All right, everybody. Yeah. So, yes. So this is everybody's favorite segment, I'm assuming, because I'm helping you all make money you like that money right because guess what it's another winning week another three and two week uh i told you all new england would handle the cleveland that was an easy win right there definitely also had the man what was another what was one of the other ones oh cincinnati cincinnati covering against the Saints because Cincinnati's offense is awesome and only giving two points and winning by four sounds awesome. So even if they were only give, if they were giving three, we would have won that too. And finally, I know that game was boring. I know that game was ugly. But I said, take the, take the Broncos and the points. And I was so right. Man, that game sucks and I'm so sick of the Broncos. And Mike's not here to comment on that. But unfortunately, we did our usual losses. I am so done with Carolina. Carolina is like, I, I'm not touching Carolina at all. And finally, uh, Buffalo versus Kansas City. I wish Mike was here to comment on this, but that, that, those are clearly two best teams. And though, I hate to admit this, but I do think Buffalo is on a mission to go all the way. And it's starting to feel like they will go all the way. But we'll see what happens. But like I said, week six was a night was another was a success, another winning record. Now it's time. Now it's time for week seven of the five, my five picks of the week. So we shall begin for the week seven era. Let's see what we can start with. All our just to remind you, all ours, all our lines that I post on here is based on the Bovada line as of the recording. So these lines do change over time, but we're only, uh, uh, since we get this recorded, this will be the official lines of the week like we always talk about. Okay. First things first. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers, minus five. Yes, the Packers are struggling on offense. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is not having an MVP here. And, yes, they just got embarrassed by the Jets. Which is more of the reason why they're going to take this out on a bad team. When Green Bay Packers beat up a bad team, they beat up a bad team. And I'm giving up five, I'm giving five points to the Washington Commanders, who are just the biggest mess ever. The biggest mess ever. Carson Wentz is now out. So it's Tyler Haneke going on your set. This team... I love Heineken. You mean you love Heineken? This is Heineken. No, I hate Heineken. I love Heineken. <laughs> um, so like I was mentioning, Mike, 
Uh, I'm going with the Packers uh, at Washington minus five. I know that's a lot of points to give, but I think I think Green Bay is due for an offensive juggernaut, juggernaut game. I think I think what you know how it is when you get embarrassed by a team in a game where a lot of people were watching. I don't think I don't know if the Green Bay New York Jets game was like a major primetime game, but well, not primetime, but like a major coverage game. But it, you know, you're hearing it all week. How do you lose to the Jets? Blah blah blah. Yeah. The, they will bounce back. This will be the game to bounce back. At home too. No, it's actually at Washington. But come on, let's be honest. No, no, no. I'm saying uh, they're 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 lost to the Jets. Yeah, they're lost to the Jets. That's crazy. Uh, yes, I'm going with the Packers minus five. I think they'll. I think this is going to be one of those games where they just beat up a bad team. They need to get their heat back somehow. The, the Commanders are such a joke right now. It, the, the, they're bad. And now Carson Wentz is not I mean, even... They got problems with the owner, the problems with the quarterback, uh, the, the head coach making comments about the quarterback, and then the quarterback finally gets injured. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's yeah. a mess. It's a complete mess. Uh, I know it's a lot of points. Trust me. I don't like giving five points. But this, if this is a game, if there's a game where Aaron Rodgers wants to get up to date with his wide receivers, I think this is the game right here. So I'm gonna go ahead. Can can I can I just say something? Go ahead. Uh, I think we all kind, of, I, I, especially you and me. You and me both knew the Carson Wentz move was just such a head scratching move for them. I agree. And also, I have respect for Ron Rivera, but I've never been like a Ron Rivera guy. Like, he's just, I, I don't know, he's just never really done it for me, like, at all. I just, like, shrug my shoulders and I'm like, oh, yeah, he's there. He's a name. But, like, I, I don't know. I don't I don't know what he does that's innovative or anything. I, I mean, I don't know. He's just, Defense? I think he's I a good know. player's coach. He's a good player's coach. I think players like and respect him and play hard for him. And, and for the most part, he does develop good defenses. Like, those Carolina teams did have really good defenses during his time you know and, yeah. and, he, did, and he, he was someone that kind of like put Cam Newton in his place sometimes and and I think he's trying to do that with Carson Wentz you know that's, I, I think players like him and respect him so he's one of those guys yeah I just I don't know I, I, yeah, I like I, I would assume the defense thing would be would be it but it's like you never really hear him like as like a mastermind or I don't know. You just never hear that with him. But yeah, he's a he's a motivator and he can take command. He comes I think he's a military guy, so Alright, moving on. Alright. Next up, this is a very weird line. I don't get this line. I don't know if Vegas wants me to take this line. I'm gonna take this line. I'm gonna take New York Giants plus three. Against the at, at Jacksonville against the Jacksonville Jaguars. First mm. of all, look, I'm not saying the Giants are a good team, but you are what your record is, and they are five and one right now. I think they're a complete fraud at five and one, but they are proving that one Brian Dable looks like a real deal head coach and looks like the coach of the year. Two Saquon Barkley is looking like why he was taken second overall in that draft. They've beaten Baltimore. They've they they've beaten Tennessee. They they're they're five and they they beat the Packers in London in a close competitive game. I, I think those are real those are real wins. 
I, I, I don't. I, mean, I know I said just fraudulent right now. I still think they will come down to earth at some point because no matter what, Daniel Jones is still Daniel Jones, and and Jacksonville. I think people drank that Jacksonville Kool Aid so fast after those first two games because ever since ever since that first quarter against the Eagles, Jacksonville has been pretty bad, man. And they had a very they had a very tough loss against the. Against the rival Colts, and this is still a super young team. I, Trevor Lawrence has has a, such a super high ceiling, but he can still be very inconsistent. Jacksonville, that's not really a home field, you know. That's gonna be a, there's gonna be a lot of Giants fans there, and it's it's plus three, and again, is it? I, my only guess is this is only minus three because it's. Jacksonville's at home, but when has Jacksonville ever been considered like a, a major home favorite? You know, that's not at home for advantage. Come on, Jacksonville has always been one of those like games where visiting uh, fans come to. You know, and it's plus three. The Giants. Look, I I don't know. I don't know who wins this game. Honestly, I feel like this goes the other way. But Jacksonville has not been that impressive, and New York. For the most part, has been pretty impressive the last few weeks. I'll take, and I wouldn't be surprised they win this game, and I think they will win this game against Jacksonville, because Jacksonville is still not an elite team right now. They still have a lot. That's a young team. They're trying to still figure everything out. So I will take the Jacks. I will take the Giants plus three. Uh, it's just, it's just hard not to take that. Number, you know, I wish it was a higher number, but I'm still taking it anyway. Next. What do we have here? What do we have here? What do we have here? Um, Seattle Seahawks plus six against the Chargers. That again. I can take. Again, that's. Yeah, no, I am taking that as well. I like that number. I like the Seahawks. The Seahawks are for a team that's supposed to tank. They score a lot of points. They are, and Geno Smith is statistically having a really good year. And the Chargers, they're off a short week. They just get went through an, a, a super, super close overtime win with their kicker, by the way, pulling his hams, pulling his leg, his hamstring. I don't know what he pulled. He pulled a muscle. So they their team is already hit with a lot of injuries. They just had one of the luckiest wins of the season so far in a very close game against with their kicker doing most of the work on one leg on his kicking on a bad kicking leg. So how effective he's gonna be? The, the, the I get the coaching advantage. Pete Carroll is a better coach than Brandon Staley. Justin Herbert is probably better than Geno Smith, but again, too many injuries. It's too many points. And again, the Chargers—they just like Jacksonville. Those are probably the two worst home fields in the league. It's gonna be a lot of Seahawks fans going coming down to Los Angeles to watch their Seahawks play. They're on a roll. They're three and three right now, in a division right now that it's probably more up the grass than people think. 
I think there's a little momentum going for Seattle. I'm not saying Seattle will win this game, but six points, that's a lot of points right now for a team, for a Chargers team that's so banged up. By the way, JC Jackson is, is hurt. I mean, not hurt. Um, he's he's on the he's on the he's on the doghouse right now. So how many snaps he's gonna play? Uh, Justin Herbert is still banged up. That whole team is banged up. Keenan Allen, I believe, is still out. And it's just it's just a lot of points. I I, I gotta take those points, man. I'm taking the points. Now, Miami versus Pittsburgh. What side do I pick? Miami, according to Bovada, they're favored by seven points over Pittsburgh Steelers. I cannot believe I'm saying this. That's a lot of points to give. I mean, I will admit, America, I will admit, this is betting with my heart. I'm not saying, so listen to my opinion on this game. This is clearly a bet with my heart pick. I'm going to take the Dolphins minus seven. Two, the, they, I'm, going, I'm going minus seven to Dolphins. When Tua plays statement game for Tua. Tua, Tua, when he plays the full game, he's three. He's three and zero straight up and against the spread. This is this is this is a prime. By the way, this is our Sunday night primetime game. The world's watching. The fan that 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 stadium. I know there's gonna be some Pittsburgh fans there, but that stadium is gonna be a bunch of crazy Dolphin fans. By the way, retro cost the retro outfits are on. For that game, it's a retro night. We're celebrating the 50 years of the golf of the undefeated team. It's it's gonna be rowdy. It's gonna be Tua versus. It's gonna be Tua versus Brian Flores. I think Tua is gonna have one of those statement games. I think he's gonna show the world. I think this is gonna be one of those games where he's gonna throw like three touchdowns, 250 yards. I'm dead serious, man. I know I'm going crazy. I know seven points is so much, but man, Pittsburgh. First of all, Mitch Trubisky is starting. I come on, it's Mitch Trubisky. The good luck scoring points. They don't. They don't have T.J. Watt to mess with our offensive line. I think Miami needs a momentum big win. I think they need a statement win. I think they know they need to get this game win. I know I'm swallowing seven points. I think it's crazy swallowing that many points, but I'm gonna do it. I I just have to. I gotta get this. I gotta. I just gotta. I just got to. I have to make. I gotta make this move, man. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give the points. I'm going with the Dolphins. I think Tua is gonna have a three touchdown type of game. I think we're gonna win by more than seven. I think Pittsburgh just doesn't have the firepower or the true offensive talent or the coaching, offensive coaching to get it done compared to we do it. So I'll take Miami minus seven. I got the Seattle Seahawks plus six. I got the New York Giants plus three. The Green Bay Packers minus five. I need one more game. What game do I pick, America? I think I will take as the final game. Gotta get this. Gotta get one more game in there. You know, I will take. And I'm sorry for dragging, spending time. I'll try to be quick with this. You know what? I'll take Kansas City minus three against the San Francisco 49ers. They're at San Francisco, so it is a road game. Um, but I'll take Kansas City. I think Kansas City needs to bounce back after a, a battle they had with with Buffalo. I think Kansas City 
knows that they're they're on the clock right now. They know they need to get their wins if they want to try to get back to that first overall seed. And the 49ers, they are decimated with injury decimated with injuries all over. That team is completely yes. beat up everywhere. Everywhere. Yes, that's why I like this one too. Because I don't I don't see how the game's gonna be like within two points. I agree. I think I think Kansas City wins by a touchdown. I think I think Kansas City's gonna get their heat back in this game. I think they know they gotta win these games. I I, I just I know I don't I'm I, I don't like giving three on the road. But Kansas City is just one of those teams where they can beat anybody at anywhere, anytime, and they could win. If it went, if not win by one point, they'll definitely win by at least more like three points. In my opinion. Look, Eric Armstead didn't practice on Wednesday. Ibu Khan didn't practice. Uh, Ufanga with a concussion didn't practice. McGlinch, McGlinchley, the, uh, the, one of their tackles didn't practice. Davius Ward, uh, groin injury, didn't practice today. Um, yeah, man. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of guys. Nick Bosa, limited practice. Jimmy Ward, limited practice. You know. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're banged up. They're banged up. Uh, I mean, Kyle Shannon's a good coach, but uh, can't outcoach talent, and Kansas City's more healthy. Uh, I think they'll get the better of them, and uh, I agree. They, they could definitely win by more than three. I agree. I agree. This is not very a good. This is not a very uh, inter- interesting week for Lions, honestly, from what I'm seeing. So, like, I don't really like most of these lines. This is one of those all weeks right. that I just don't like. What are all the game? Uh, what are what are all the games that you picked? Because right. I wasn't here. For all right. So just to recap it one more time for our fans, mm-hmm. I have the Green Bay Packers minus five. The New York Giants plus three. The Kansas City Chiefs minus three. The Seattle Seahawks plus six. And finally, our Miami Dolphins minus seven. And those are my mm. five picks of the week. Let's see if we go for another winning record. Another winning record. Alrighty then. And with yeah, and with the picks of the week, uh you wanna call it a night, yes. Robbie? Because I got nothing else. Let's to call okay. it a night, please. Yeah, so I could finish my jar of pickles, and and finish making my buffalo chicken wrap. You and your pickles, bro. I swear. Those in the jar of pickles. You and your pickles. All right, so uh, another another good episode. I hope everybody liked it. I know we kind of bounced around a little bit in the in the beginning part, but <laughs> I think we finished strong. Uh, so good night to the damn dolphins disciples and some new followers. And uh, thanks for listening to Madman Mike and Robbie T on the Damn Dolphins podcast. Good night. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network.